moving to oneness. Nourishing curiosity. Embracing differences. Becoming one. Have you contemplated about what oneness means to you? Stay tuned and experience and hear and learn from many others around the globe in this century and many centuries prior what they thought about oneness. So welcome everyone. I'm Eileen, your host of the Moving to Oneness podcast, and I got a fantastic <laughs> I would even say embodier, I almost said specialist, expert, you could use that, but I think he really embodies oneness and is going to provide so much beautiful information and make you even more curious <laughs> to understand your oneness and how others see it in the world. So Julian, hello, and welcome to the Moving to Oneness podcast. Thank you very much for having me, Marlene. It's it's wonderful to be here, and, and I think the name of your podcast is excellent. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah, there's not so many people speaking about oneness, and uh, you approached me because you had written a book. Everyone, I'm going to show it to you, and I'll share it in the notes. And I read it and went back and back and back because it's a book full of little nuggets, what people from around the world in the 18th century, well, 19th century, I always mix it up. Yeah. <laughs> 1893 had written and spoken and experienced it. But Julian, you're in California, Los Angeles. So really also you are in a beautiful melting pot. People from around the globe moved to LA and California and also for two centuries to really live that oneness. It is really this melting pot of people from all over. And in that little, <laughs> in that huge city, but in that location, you spent many, many years researching and, and bringing out what means oneness to yourself as you were looking what was oneness to other people. Um, yeah, so where, first I'm going to ask you, how did you end in Los Angeles in that melting pot? Well, I've actually only lived here for a bit over one year, actually. Mm -hmm. The previous three years, I was born in New Zealand, as my uh, cup will attest with the New Zealand flag on there. Uh, and I, prior to moving here to Los Angeles, I was living in London, England for the last three, three or four years, really. That was meant to only be a couple of years, but COVID kind of changed our plans as it changed so many people's plans. And yeah, my wife's American. She wasn't born in Los Angeles. She was born in in Michigan, but that's how I how I kind of got the opportunity to live and, and work here. Got a green card, if you like, um, <laughs> through through that. So yeah, I've lived in a few different places. It's 
it's a great way to see the, the world and live and experience cultures rather than just visit them for two weeks on holiday. But Los Angeles really is a melting pot. It's 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 an extraordinary place. You can see why people settled here, humans settled here so long ago. It's got a wonderful natural beauty, but it's got a lot of problems. You know, it, it's this contrast of the kind of Hollywood glam and glitz and, and glamour and, and uh, modern life contrasted with there's quite a lot of spirituality in this place as well and this natural beauty and then they've got a lot of social problems homelessness is is terrible in los angeles in particular but california as a, as a whole so it's a lot of it's a it's a very complicated kind of place and, and but it's a very interesting place to live that's for sure yes i visited a few times and i got to speak with many people from different cultures european persians uh, from North Africa, different countries there, Asia, Koreans, and they all spoke about um, starting over. Yeah, and they came at different times, but starting over and create, and you you celebrate, you have family, and I think that is so beautiful to see that we carry that all within each other. Yeah, and I think. As as our culture awakens, like the whole of humanity's kind of consciousness raises up and we kind of awaken, we will see that connection not just so much with people with a small number of people, but we'll start to expand that connection and that realization of our connectedness with not just family members, friends, or people that we come into contact with, but even people we may never meet or people who are who have different views to us and, and live in different parts of the world we are we're all equally connected with all of them just as much as we are with the people that that we know kind of more intimately that's that's the essence of oneness to me is that it's it's really we're we're, we're one family you know even though we're spread out we're we're all part of this great whole even though we're small little parts everywhere and i think that's really that realization will will be a part of the kind of awakening of of humanity and it, because you know when you recognize that another culture is sees is part of you then there's the whole idea of war is just like ridiculous because you know you're fighting you're fighting your brothers and sisters so it, it it's a it would have a real profound effect upon our whole consciousness if, if if humanity realized that their oneness with one another just like that the world would change dramatically overnight yeah and and i'm i'm we're moving this direction yeah it is sometimes maybe not as fast as we want to but it's moving much faster now it's like potentizing right if you look back hundreds of years when they started or um colonialism or industrialism right where we uh, talking about travel right the queen never traveled anywhere yeah but he, she had these lands and yeah. never set foot on top of india for example and didn't really know how the people were there luckily one day someone went there and, and taught her and, and she did learn how to speak indian and uh, uh, one of the languages spoken in India and uh, 
that opened her mind a little, but then, right, the house within, all the people living there who also had never left, felt scared and tried to move and push that person away that was telling too much of the truth. Yeah, in your in your beautiful spiritual journey that you wrote about, and it has a fascinating name, One Elephant, I think. Yeah. yeah. It's huge, but but we're a huge species on this land because we're so many and have such impact in a in a in a way it fits. But I know it has a different meaning. But when you look at the title at the beginning, so it does throw off questions. Uh, why did you use this name, one elephant? Yeah, well, it, it's. I mean, when you're writing a book, you you you're gonna you go through a lot of different title ideas, and you think it's this, and then you set on this idea, and then you you're constantly changing your mind as to what you're kind of going to call the thing. And in the end, that's 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 what it what I called it, and it it, it comes from a concept of a, a parable that man named Virchan Gandhi, who was representing the Jain religion at the World Parliament of Religions in 1893. As a parable that he told, and he didn't write the parable. I believe it's been, it's a very ancient parable um, that's been used in different ways for many, many centuries. But the essence is it, and it's told in slightly different ways, but the, the essence of it is these four blind boys encounter an elephant, and, uh, and one of them goes up to its tail and he feels its tail and he says, oh, this, this, this elephant is long and thin like a snake. And another one goes up to its leg and he's kind of feeling its leg and he says, no, it's tall and, and broad and round like a tree trunk. And another, ele- another one of the boys um, just sort of puts his hand along the side of the elephant and he says, oh, no, it's like a wall. It's like a stone wall. And another, the, the fourth one holds its ear and he gives a different description as well. So these four boys were all, were all experiencing the same elephant and they were through their own experience, they were touching it and they were describing it in different ways, which were all accurate. They were, you know, he was touching the tail. He did understand the tail, but nevertheless, he didn't understand the elephant. And at the end of the day, there was only one elephant, even though it was described in different ways. And I think this parable can be, I look at it in terms of God, you know, different religion, different people, all trying to describe God in different ways because of their own perspective, which is unique. But people have used it in, in different ways. But that's kind of where where I kind of described it in the in the in 1893. Virchan Gandhi was using it in that sense of the religions kind of all have their own different experience, uh, even though at the end of the day they're all trying to understand life and the the, the universe and, and and God and our experience. So. That's that's where it came from. Yeah, I I love when I read that. I thought that wow, that is really what perspectives, experiences we had in life. They form us, and we we speak from these experiences, right? Yeah. And we act from those experiences, and yeah, that shows it's so beautiful that we're so different wherever we live, but we're still at the core, uh, so similar. That's right. And, 
<laughs> I, I look at another way to look at it is, is a mountain. If everyone's looking at the top of the mountain and some people are looking at it from the north or the south or, or whatever, they're all, they all, it's the same summit of that mountain, but it, it, it look, it might look steep, very steep from one side, or it might be more of a gentle incline from another. And it might have a lot of vegetation on one side. It might be more rocky on another side. And so they're all looking at the same summit, which if we, if we say that's God, but we're all we're all seeing it from different perspectives. But also, interestingly, we, we can't really understand the top of the mountain unless we've looked at it from all the different perspectives. Then we have a much greater kind of understanding of, of, of what it's like. And it also comes down to, you know, the different spiritual paths trying to reach God or the top of the mountain or, or understand oneness, uh, however you want to look at it. And some people may take a route that's kind of straight up, a very steep route. Other people may kind of zigzag. Some people may go round and, and you know, take a more gentle, gradual approach, a more scenic route. So there's a lot of different routes, but they you can all get to that same summit ultimately. Oh, I love that because that's true. How life, your life rolls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So some of us grew up and say, oh, I want to learn all about it and go. Some tumble onto it. Some are really not interested about contemplation of life, of nature, of spirituality, and suddenly they're there. And some take the software and some go directly to a teacher to a different country and they want to learn all about yeah, it yeah. in depth really really fast some read oh yeah there it's endless <laughs> yeah it is it is and it's endless it's endless yeah and something really interesting what i um thought why i love your uh, book so much it is you take as a core the world fair of chicago in 1893 and it was really interesting to see how people really came from around the world to see what is new but i think more to the prior one which was in paris and we you still luckily have the eiffel tower from that uh, time and, and fashion one. right it had a totally different underlying topic <laughs> yeah. So this this fair in the new world for well, let's say the Europe the Europeans th that um, fair pulled in uh, people and thinkers, spiritual people, and there was also the conversations and the topics of comparing spirituality versus science. So it was a fascinating what kind of pool of people and what they thought and how it's still uh, underlining the way we think nowadays. And that they had the same questions many of us have now. And that even there you could feel the truth when the people were speaking the wisdom that was true to all of the people of this beautiful globe. And you can sense that in those texts. So how did you get to use the world fair? How did you find, I mean, it, before you wrote about, you had to find that topic or how were you led 
to that point that you could use the World Fair of 1893 in Chicago to uh, think or and, and, and bring out the questioning and the experience, because you also have many questions for people to think and contemplate about, uh, to say, you wrote that so beautifully, yoga means a union or more precisely union with with god and a unity right so oneness is also a unity and at the parliament of religion what i i sense reading the books and those texts yeah you were so right this hunger and this hunger i think is here now again especially after corona we have nowadays television the internet so we see bright oranges but there is missing of texts or people of speaking out somehow that have this Mm, strength of waves that go out. You're right. When they spoke in the parliament, it was in every single newspaper. And it, these newspapers went around the world. So many read them. And somehow I, I had to think about it. I miss a little bit of exactly what we two are doing now. And maybe again, is there somewhere where people come together and speak about one? It's not just speaking, but can also experience it. In the city, yeah, we have it now. We have restaurants from all over the world, right? Different than when I was a young girl. I remember we went, wow, for, to eat Chinese, uh, 45 minutes. <laughs> we had to drive yeah. somewhere here in Germany. Now, you know, we most of the people that live now in my village have been around the world or have a partner from around the world and restaurants are popping up and we're getting very multicultural again many many thousands yeah, yeah. and thousands of years we were this way right the whole world traveled around and we were very intermingled and but we're getting back now to this but there is this hunger where people cannot put a finger on and i think in your book, I thought, oh, they started to put the finger on. And I was really wishing for something similar. We have, that would be happening again, where we all come together and speak about the sameness in the difference yeah. or the difference in the same. Yeah, something like this. I, I, I have just this feeling and because people are noticing now they've lived through the industrial age we have been taught through the experiences of the industrial age that's all imploding yeah so it's in a similar time phase than 130 years ago right what is it now People don't know what to do, what their real purpose is. Why are these, they now here on earth? Yeah, it's yeah. not to do a job. That is not why yeah. we here, came here. So where do you see nowadays where something like that would could happen again? Or does this from 130 years ago still feed our soul and feed our way of thinking? And we still read and contemplate the 
the wisdom, the philosophy, the music, Dvorak was there as well, right? He wrote the, the yeah. sim fourth symphony there and that and played it there unfinished, but later he finished it. Yeah. So so why were all those thinkers attracted? And can, is there something similar like this nowadays? Or do you think there will be? Well, yeah, yeah, it's interesting, of course. In 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 in, a, in, a, in some ways, I think people were deeper thinkers in, in then, but they had less distraction. There's so many nowadays. You know, someone can do a, a, a silly kind of thing on TikTok or, or YouTube or whatever. They can blow up, and suddenly they're a household name for having done something really quite stupid or, or mundane. It might be funny, or it might be whatever, but it's kind of meaningless ultimately, mm -hmm. and. So there's so much distraction in the world and politics, especially is this huge distraction really from the bigger, deeper questions of life, because the questions that people were wondering about God or understand life in the universe 130 years ago in 1893, those questions are still the same questions today, but and increasingly, and that's why the, the title includes to the cosmos. I think increasingly we have to realize it in the context of of the of the universe, really, not just because you know in eighteen ninety three we had quite a limited view of understanding of the cosmos and our place in it. It was quite you know earth centric, but now we look out and our scientists are sending you know probes out into space and we're sort of realizing our own kind of insignificance as a species as a planet in this vast cosmic scheme of things and it, it you know the more we think about that uh, the more the the more you know that that fundamental questions that come up for religion especially i think come up so and especially right now it, it, it's kind of accelerating you know we've got this rover on mars at the moment you know and um, from nasa we've got all these different things elon musk's trying to send people out to live on other planets whether these things happen or not but it's just space and other planets is kind of becoming more a part of our consciousness our daily life and experience so our our spiritual understanding of the world has to evolve to accommodate that you know we can't we can't look at an ancient text that sort of refers to everything being earth-centric it just doesn't make sense anymore when when you look at a picture of the galaxy and the earth is just a pinprick in it you know the the vastness of space and if spirituality exists here on earth it, it must you know exist throughout the cosmos and i think to me oneness really is a cosmic concept it, it's about oneness of all things living a human or in or, or of any shape or form and so that's kind of the that's kind of the context of of what i how i see oneness today yeah yeah you you know everyone who's listening to those no i'm really connected to the star nations and the cosmos is becoming really really important and you have even texts or, or quotes of uh, astronauts and what they've experienced once they were on the on the moon and when they suddenly saw the vastness out there and as you said so beautiful the earth 
was small that did come from there, but they were looking yeah. back and suddenly it does something. This experience just opens you up to everything. And yeah, the star nations, right? They have been here thousands of years. Different cultures have been working with them and they're slowly being showing themselves more and more. And it, it's maybe it's similar to where at that time of the Chicago fair, right? When they were looking down or really not acknowledging uh, people, the Maori or the Native Americans, or maybe some tribes from Africa, right? There was still this way of who are you? And because there was yeah. no understanding, they came from this one perspective of machinery. And if you don't have machinery, <laughs> you, yeah. you're nothing. But yeah, we didn't know about what they had they done over thousands and thousands of years and what the, their beautiful openness of the non-material in a way, what they have a beautiful understanding uh, of, right? And the inner peacefulness that they carry. And so, yeah, the, these in a way, this juxtaposition and something similar is, is here too. So when you have people come to you and ask for advice or consolence what do you notice they're searching are they searching this oneness and are they contemplating about also the cosmos do you notice that when people converse with you well i'm very interested in the subject of ufos and that's a subject that right now even this month i think it might even be this week there is going to be a congressional hearing on this subject and they're trying to force the military here in the US to stop hiding information, essentially. And you've got, we're in a position now, it's unprecedented, where congressmen are coming forward and actually really pushing this issue. And interestingly, it's, a, it's an issue that brings together Democrats and Republicans, which virtually no issue will bring them together. But for some reason, this, this one is. And I think people are starting to be, become very, very interested in this. And I personally think it's, it's connected to spirituality. It's a spiritual question because it, it is the nature of our existence. And uh, so, but of course, it, not everyone thinks that, you know, there's diversity of views. Some people think it's, it's all nonsense. And I'm, I'm not saying all lights in the skies, spacecraft from other planets, but I think some of them are. And I think increasingly, this is actually becoming a, a topic that's discussed. You know, I've seen news reports where people are actually with a straight face, seriously, actually discussing, discussing the possibility of intelligent life advanced intelligent life visiting earth and whereas previously it was dismissed as stupid and a joke and all this kind of nonsense but increasingly it's becoming it's starting to be discussed you know with an actual open mind and i think that is one big difference from 130 years ago now you know we still have issues like racism which really we as a species human race we should have evolved above things like racism a long time ago it's so, it's yeah. so ridiculous it's, it's, it's pathetic that that is even still an issue. But, you know, a, a, around, as I said, in 1893, you know, a lynching and all these kind of things was still an issue in, in America and segregation, slavery, that, that kind of thing were, were still in people's minds. But now, you know, we're, we're kind of moving on from that. Hopefully it's still an issue. I'm, I'm not saying it's not an issue, but 
we we need to start looking you know more more cosmically about our place in the universe and hopefully as as our mind as our collective consciousness kind of awakens to to the spirituality of the universe that will lift everyone's understanding up and these kind of embarrassing kind of horrendous attitudes and things that we've had in the past will gradually kind of fade away but i so i think so to come back to your question i mean i think some people i think now you know in in terms of the the cosmic aspect i went to this big festival called alien con at the start of this year in pasadena here it's huge absolutely huge festival on kind of everything alien ufo's like it's a, it's an enormous thing there was quite a lot of spiritual themed booths at this at this expo and um but i think and I was talking to this guy there because I was representing the Ethereum Society. I'm a director of the Ethereum Society in, in America, and I was representing that there. And I was talking to this guy, and I said, you know, you know, beings, highly advanced beings from other worlds, they come in peace. You know, they're more advanced spiritually, not just like technologically, yes. but they're more advanced spiritually, and they 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 they're not here to do kind of stupid things and take no. over the world they could they've demonstrated their technology they could easily do that and uh, they come in peace they come in love and compassion and he said well I was just talking to a guy down there who said the exact opposite <laughs> and, exactly. and so I think uh. there's a lot of confusion out there you know you've and and you've got you've got people like me who says what I've just said and then you've got people saying the exact opposite and so when people come into this kind of topic, they're getting these like absolutely conflicting views on things. It's very hard for them to kind of grapple with. But I think the more you look into it, it it's only logical. You know, I, that's how, how I see it. It's, it's logical. Love is logical to me. And oneness is logical. And if you believe in oneness, then ultimately you're an optimist about all things really in the cosmos mm, yeah i'm a big optimist born <laughs> i did as well and i had to think about it. you were saying but this is so important probably the extreme opposites right so before something goes into harmony and balance you know, it's got boom, boom, and then a, a pendulum. And after a while, yeah. it goes and, and finds its way. But I think also people are afraid of what they don't know or loss, right? If not everyone is already thinking, of, thinking about uh, the beauty of the world and that it also, uh, it all can only be uh, pure love and compassion, right? And yeah. So when they're a little afraid, but it throws up questions, and this is important. And as you said, right, suddenly the focus is shifting. So it's not us anymore. We're yeah. on top of each other. But together, we have to now understand uh, the newness that is coming uh, uh, from the cosmos or has been here. And but it's now a, a, a bigger collaboration is being built right even in color if we have been trained over the last two thousand years sometimes religion was part of it or the people in 
some yeah. religious fields, right? Separating uh, people, individualizing, making them fearful so they listen to the doctrine. So it's not, you know, it's not, That's not right. spiritually. The, uh, to have power over someone else, that is now also so dissolving, right? Um, it's less and less more possible to do that with uh, people because they're now rejoicing, coming together as community and, and being uh, carried. So and then now, even in collaboration, we've been trained to all work as individuals. And even yeah. this, bringing that together, unifying a way of, of working, of being comfortable, speaking out your opinion, I think, the younger generation maybe is less. My, I'm 55. It's still there because we had our parents who are still very yeah. afraid to speak out what they think. They have yeah. Yeah, experienced very brutal ways of, of, of life. Or if you speak out or are different, yeah, you were put yeah. away. Or, anyway, but um, so it's a, this a readjust uh, phase of becoming comfortable to be part of something else. This is what's yeah. happening. And even now, if if the star nations become more and more present, and yeah, I think pushing uh, Congress a show more of us, and, um, because it's in our science, right? The way of thinking, we can look at, at, at the Tesla, or many people you mentioned in your book, Max Planck, they were all so connected. Yeah. They they were like every human being, but they they maybe didn't have the filters that were keeping them tight. Yeah. So this unifying of and and speaking and learning about each other is now again taking on oh, it feels like a, a, a bigger something. <laughs> Yeah, more, more precise, like what they were discussing in your book for about science. Yeah, well, I think ago. you know, it, you, like you say, it, anything it, with the pendulum, like a, a new new way of thinking, is initially it's 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 an outlier, it's a fringe thing, and then it gradually more and more people awaken to it. I think what is great about oneness is that you know there's this thing called cosmic consciousness where people can actually experience it now. It's not. I haven't experienced it. It's a, and it's in a very advanced yoga state. But you know, when we talk about oneness, um, someone can just disagree with us and say, "Well, no, that's not the case." But if if someone actually experiences it um, through this state of cosmic consciousness, then it it's no longer an opinion. Uh, it's actually they've actually experienced it, so they know that it is true. And mm -hmm. so I think. It's a rare state, but certain people have, and and this is I talk about it in the book, Paramahansa Yogananda, who who was he didn't go to the fair because he was only born that year, but he uh, he he wrote about it in his book and experience he had, and Dr. George King, who uh, founded the Ethereum Society, he wrote about his experience of it as well, and this is a state where they literally uh, rec they 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 experience that oneness with all things, and so they can then talk about it with an authority that you know other people you know i i certainly can't talk about it with an authority but i can look to someone who has a greater experience than myself and uh, and i can learn from their kind of experience and so i think 
Although uh, the religions of the world have, because of their mistakes, as you mentioned, you know, they, sometimes they intentionally kind of change things to, to, to maintain power and control. But essentially, and that's, that's not religion itself, that's the people within the religion who mm -hmm. made those kind of mistakes. Yeah. But, and so while the religions in that orthodox sense are in some ways pushing people away because they're not, they're not being truthful about things, and they're sort of using it wrongly. But I think ultimately people actually need to come towards spirituality. And, you know, if someone, you know, whether it's Jesus, Buddha, Krishna, whoever, um, they all kind of, the essence of what they were saying was all the same. It's all about oneness, really, if you really distill it down. And so although the kind of construct of religion that is kind of man-made is kind of, distorted and kind of has problems and all this if you look at the spiritual truth within them this kind of thread of 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 truth then mm -hmm. that's what is kind of, that's actually what we need and i think we really have to that's going to come to us from you know from the great spiritual teachers are the ones that really can say that with authority and so we do actually need, although the religions are some ways pushing us away with this orthodox kind of thing, we actually need to turn back to the truth of the great, the, the great spiritual teachers, you know, whether it's Lao Tzu, Lao Tzu, Patanjali, uh, you know, different teachers, it's that, it's that thread of truth. They expressed it in different ways, um, you know, in different languages at different points in history. They're all saying the same thing at the end of the day. It's very simple. And it, it really is this message of oneness. And uh, anyone, I think, anyone who says the opposite of oneness, I, I think that's almost, a, it's almost a, a defining characteristic of something being wrong. Like if, if, if whatever, you know, people have different ideas and philosophies and that's all good. But anyone who, who espouses a kind of philosophy of division or of of or, or or is against oneness as a concept i i just think that it, it's almost by definition it must be wrong uh as far as i see it anyway yeah yeah no i was just it's like a, you can find to uh for younger people i think that is so important too if they concentrate just on this what people think about oneness uh that that's really interesting then they can say oh that person is really not understanding is that a person for me to even spend time yeah. with oh, i don't know yes you can but you know time becomes precious I think. yeah and I, i had to think about when you were saying the word oneness in german we have two words for this one time it's einheit which is all coming together like being Uh, one piece and yes. then it's ein klang it's one sound and i'm i'm, no, I'm a big sound woman right um, i that's why i also loved in your book to learn that uh, yoga of the sacred sounds that this is also a teaching the unifying of the sacred sounds to make that one sound <laughs> one, yeah. yeah the one sound that we all understand so Speaking the truth um, about oneness, if I can give anything along uh, for others, is that it rings 
Right. It's a vibration we mm. can feel in our body. So the sound, the words, the truth that comes out. And you you mentioned that also a few times differently in the book or the quotes you picked. Um, this vibration, Schwingung in, in German, yeah, swings. <laughs> we can feel it we can feel it and our body expands feels light or we feel good and if there's no truth in anything spoken by others or in their actions so important then you you pull together and even in your own actions if anyone now listening or watching this if you don't know sometimes what to do if it's something right for you or not or even if you set the intention of making it uh, your own oneness, bringing all of your parts together. We were speaking so much about, until now, about humanity and bringing the different thoughts, uh, the different ways of expressing together, uh, languages again. But it doesn't matter what language is spoken. It's still true. You feel it within your body. You pull together or you expand and feel. Uh, comfortable so this is something yeah. where people can feel that really quick what is happening around them and what they're hearing because i think the lot is going to come from many directions as people get so excited as you mentioned it also at you know when they were coming together at yeah the alien congress whatever that was yeah yeah, I think I think and then but you know, not everyone is sensitive. Like you're obviously kind of sensitive to those things. A lot of people aren't sensitive uh -huh. to those things. But I think gradually the more people do become attuned um to those things, the more they can start to recognize, yeah, the vibration. It's it, it's a it's a way of uh, you know, if you go into a room, you can kind of sense a, a vibration, and the more you kind of practice that. You, you start to become more sensitive to these things and you can use that as, as a way of discerning um, truth from fiction because I think that's one of the big challenges that we face in the world today is, is, is what is truth? It's been a question that, a kind of religious philosophical question, but I think now, especially with AI really coming to the yes. fore, you know, how do you even know? It, it, we're going to get to the point where we have videos of someone doing something, a famous politician perhaps, and you know how do you even know if it's true it could be true or it could um a fake thing and and increasingly you know we have this challenge of 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 not just recognizing uh the way it's been up till now but now it's just kind of exponential amount of kind of falsehood out in the world uh, like the ability to discern truth is really really difficult and um Dr. King, who, found, who who I follow, he he taught about, he said, one of the best ways to recognize truth is to study truth. And, and as we were just saying, like, if you if you read about things like oneness, if you read about the and the more you kind of study spiritual truth, you more get a kind of attunement to you kind of get used to the feel of it. And you can start to recognize it. And um, yeah, so so that would start from, you know, the ancient yoga teachings that I, I would say would be a great place to start for that sort of thing but it, it really is attuning yourself and then you're and developing your intuition developing your kind of psychic faculties and that will help you 
because we're we're going into this yeah this world of kind of uh, the confusion is going to really ramp up yeah and uh yeah it's more and more important than ever because there's just so much distraction more and more important than ever that um connect spiritually you know then i had i had to think about it maybe this is all happening often things have a reason uh, why things are Maybe. happening is this more chaotic time and oh let's stay with truth and not truth and deciphering if it's true or not and good or not for oneself and for the others right or for a beautiful planet nature animal um, is if it becomes okay we have to hone in in a way we have to go <laughs> a focus because otherwise uh, it's gonna yeah to get back a value of life of uh, important um, what I want to spend a time on so that is recognizing what I bring or recognizing what you bring for me or then even recognizing what we bring for each other um, then we have to learn to recognize how our body reacts to everything and maybe That's become right. even yeah. faster intuitive and yeah. trust more and more ourselves and see yeah. more and more that we're not different so there's not one who's better and, and this that we haven't and maybe the, the, another thought came while you were speaking uh, uh, before right with the big master maybe we're all becoming these uh, teachers and there, there are a lot of many teachers you know, it's not like womb and, and millions, <laughs> maybe how it was yeah. before. But maybe every mother is becoming a teacher of her own family or father. And, you know, we it has to maybe come down so we can recognize that everyone carries something very, very important. That right there, now they're living here on this planet. And we're here together as one humanity. Uh, uh, united to bring through what and what is that so do in your words uh, julian do you think that is the oneness that we are all here now to experience to speak and bring oneness but everyone with different parts <laughs> I don't know. yeah well i think really we're all here to um that's our that's that's why we're here and i i believe in karma and reincarnation so we all have these countless lifetimes of of journey it's a journey through life through experience of of evolution and we all have this divinity within us and which as you're saying it's like anyone can connect that you don't, don't have to be famous you don't have to be rich you don't have to you don't have to be educated you can be in anyone can kind of develop that within themselves if they if they connect and from within that is the greatest that's the greatest teaching that's the greatest source of truth and you know jesus said this two thousand years ago when he said the kingdom of heaven is within you uh and i mm -hmm. i believe that he was referring to this this divine spark that we all carry and this is a kind of teaching of the east that the West is not so kind of open to, and I think that's part of this parliament of religions was this union of East and West. Uh, but it's a, it's a recognition of the spark, spark of God, if you like, that we all have within us. And if we all have that within us, then we're all connected, whether we call it God or whether we call it divinity or 
you know, there's different names for it. it. The name doesn't really matter. But we all have this sort of spark of the cosmos, if you like, within ourselves. And because we all have that, therefore, we're all connected through that. We're all connected to one another. It's only kind of logical. And so the more we go in and the more we tune in, as you say, like to our intuition, the more we attune ourselves to that, the more we are sort of connecting to the whole through our own kind of heart, really. So it's like it's almost like you go inwards, but then you you're also that allows you to come out and and connect more deeply with everyone and everything around you at the same time. It's like a journey inwards and a journey outwards at the same time. Yeah, I just spoke uh, about that recently. Yes. Oh, did you? Yeah. That uh, too much too long. This was even segregated, inward and outer, and not yeah. uh, meshing uh, together. This constant, yeah, this pulse that I can, you know, I've experienced it a few times. You can, our particles move into each other. It doesn't matter if it's a rock, if it's a tree. You lean against. But if you're very uh, observant and, and become aware, you notice sometimes you lean really in. So the tree is opening, inviting you in, embracing you, or even something like a rock uh, uh, can do that. So once you experience, as you said, we experience that we're part there is this communication, uh, understanding, exchange of wisdom, happening and i think the oneness right it is really a beautiful conversation or being togetherness in and being in in uh comfort or yeah gemütlichkeit yeah. german i would say <laughs> yeah i i think that's exactly what it is it's you, you go within because you you can't logically you can't really understand the world out there unless you can kind of have a have a certain understanding of yourself because you 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 know you're so so i think that's what jesus was saying two thousand years ago it's kind of been that's not what orthodox people would necessarily agree with me but that's that's i think he was saying go within and then as you're saying you're just saying communication with nature and and things like this and then the cosmic consciousness that i was talking about earlier that's really that but to an even greater level it's not just yes sort of an exchange it's almost like feeling that you are that plant you know um dr king talked about like hearing the molecules within a blade of grass rubber rubbing against one another as the blade of grass grew i mean that's like an extraordinary sound and the ancient yogis used to talk about the sound of these streams of light as they came through the atmosphere down to earth they could actually hear that sound I mean, what an extraordinary sound that must be to be able to hear something like that. The, the the photons of light coming down through the atmosphere. I mean, it's phenomenal kind of a, a sound. But if I could just read, you mentioned um, the book, if I could just read uh, just a very short little thing here. I would love that. Just, Please go just ahead. Just because I was talking about, um, just because I was talking about um, before. And uh, I, you know, I, I he, he, Dr. George King channeled him in, in um, 1958, and he gave a series of messages. And one of them was about this concept called the absolute. And the absolute is another word that uh, it can mean, it just means everything, really, or all things. Um, and I think this just just a short little thing here, and it's just kind of a way of kind of looking at all things 
in a kind of poetic way of understanding how, like you said, it's a rock, it's a plant, it's not just, it's it's everything really. And so he says, and this is from one of these 12 blessings that he gave, and this one is the, the blessing to the absolute. And he says, he's talking, he's trying to describe it so that people can kind of understand what it is. And he says, it is the I am within man. It is the life within all things. It is the rain. It is the drought. It is the gentle breeze of summertime. It is the mighty wind across the seas. It is the seas. It is the emptiness of space. It is the fullness contained within space. It is the worlds. It is ever and forever and forever. It is infinity. And yet it is more than this, for it is behind even these things. So it's not just matter. You know, the dictionary defines the cosmos as all things that exist. But our science now looks at things that don't exist, dark matter. And so really this the concept of the absolute and oneness and, and God, our concept of God is actually so much greater than it's ever been you know it, 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 it it's just it's it's incomprehensibly vast and great <laughs> so i just really like that thank you for letting me read that out that was nice. no no i love that i had picked many but then we would <laughs> take away what people could read <laughs> themselves it's also nice to find something for the first time and and read it yeah. You know, I had to think about you know all these different ways while I was reading of we say, and God for me always has this masculinity and a, a man and a father as the others yeah. don't have that, um, and and that's still still there even though yeah. you know I'm in shamanism or where we go into the non-material and, and you know you can do that all yourself the unbending wind or. <laughs> It, it's really interesting, and I think this is maybe because it's so figurative in our how we I grew up in my culture, even though you know, never was in the church, but it's the surrounding, it's the culture, it's how we greet, yeah, yeah, Cruz <laughs> God, we we greet God when we meet someone, uh, when we go for and say that, for example, here in in, in the Bavaria. So this is this makes it a little difficult where maybe other languages it is right away something more etherical, not a form related. Um then it, it was maybe easier to work with. And I think that was sometimes a dilemma is um I do I agree, yeah. What it was used this came this came up. So if you, the cultures where it is was from beginning when you learn about it, <laughs> yeah. And then I think sometimes what was in our culture, because we don't know anymore when, you know, when the Romans came here, it just in, in Europe, any, all our wisdom people were killed and uh, people taken apart. Our languages were destroyed, our sacred languages, right? Where you could, and, um, yeah, so this is, this is what I think, but I, there is luckily this beautiful message. And uh, Julian, I really think the young generation now and maybe the internet or having cameras that can take on uh, 
digital cameras, cameras can see light beings, right? If you photograph it, right, they can see uh, the, the energy center of a being, you know, that it's out there and it's not suddenly just in here, this soul. And there is suddenly this communicate, or you can see recorded flying next to a plane and not just the pilot, but the people out of the window and you can see can see something. So there is now this change at taking away taking away a restrictive way of thinking, observing, experiencing, and making it easier. Or it's coming into comics, uh the children books, they're all now speaking much more about living in a conscious way being open to many, many things that are out there, or, you know, even if it's fair, it's, you can see it. And so I think there's a beautiful way of coming toward us. And I also can feel that we will be all one and not so far away and rather peaceful. Do you sense that as well? So after this chaotic time that there is this, like the, the quieter time? Uh, like after a storm, a beautiful well, sunshine. I, yeah, I'm an I'm an optimist, and as I said, and I think if I think almost like if you if you if you want to be a spiritual person, I think you have to be an optimist. You know, not like a naive optimist, but you have to be optimistic. Otherwise, if you're pessimistic, then ultimately the ultimate conclusion of pessimism is kind of doom and gloom. But if you are an optimist, you you have to see that there's a positive outcome. And I think if you don't have a view that there's a positive outcome somewhere down the the long, even if it's a long way away, then you you're not really having a spiritual kind of outlook on life. I think so. I think optimism is virtually a, an attribute of spirituality. And I think if if whenever you bring change, uh, it disrupts. Uh, and that disruption is is experienced, you know, can 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 manifest in different ways, and it's kind of like growing pains. As a, as a child grows, you know that that they're growing, growing and evolving, but they have to go through experiences, some which are pleasant and some which are unpleasant, and there's no way around that. And so, w- when you look at the history of the human race, um, yeah, we've gone through some things we didn't need to go. through. Uh, but even now, in, uh, as greater light uh, comes out and as people do awaken, there is a lot of, there, there's kind of, some people don't want that. And um, some people conspire to keep that control. And so there's, you've got that tension there um, between people who, who want to, the, the forces of light and the forces of darkness, if you want to be kind of, of abstract about it. So I think it's cyclical, and uh, it's certainly an interesting time to be alive. And uh, I don't know exactly how it's all going to play out. (laughs) I don't think anyone really does. Uh, But it's very, and the progress of like AI is something at the moment people are talking about a lot. It's just been so rapid, and the effect on our society could be quite profound. Uh, and then you've got that alongside this kind of spirituality, as you're talking about people being more and more open and kind of different things that it's like the grip of old school orthodox thinking is kind of weakening and people are being a bit freer in their ideas and and, and seeing the world in different ways. Um, 
Yeah, I, I just don't know. I don't have any predictions. I, I but I'm op- optimistic. Uh, it's just the time frame, really. I don't know whether we're going to have a great awakening. It's probably not going to be this week, but um, whether it's in a hundred years or whether it's kind of much much sooner, I, I it, time will tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it will. But in the meantime, when people want to learn and become more one with themselves, how they reach you best, Julian? Well, I have a website, julianrosser.com. Um, that's probably a good place to start. And uh, I'm putting blogs and things up there. And uh, I'm very happy to answer any questions or talk, carry on this discussion with any of your uh, listeners or readers or watchers at any point yeah very happy to fantastic yeah so thank you very much for this exploration and your book it, it must have taken eight researching this but you must have had fun doing that indeed yes. as well all right but it, it sparked um for everyone one elephant right this spiritual journey and cosmic and back and forth in the future science and spiritual it it, it really is a whirlwind that, that rekindled also something in me and I'm speaking more about it and bringing it out again and maybe there's something like that within you like in julian write what you think what you care about uh, share it with us share it with the world now is the time many of you are all of you really are true speakers and have so much wisdom share it because people as you just heard we've spoken about are a little restless they're searching they need comfort support and if you can give it with your wisdom that's a uh, fantastic so everyone become who you are be one with yourself and the world, and the cosmos, and the star nations, the plants, <laughs> animals, and with the humans, and most importantly, also with your family, which is maybe the most difficult one, <laughs> but it's the most, uh, not worth one. <laughs> the best to you. I'm Mylene Elke, your host of the Moving to Oneness podcast. Send you off with a lot of light. Bye-bye. Thank you, Julian, for being here and bringing all of your wisdom to us. Thank you very much for having me. And thanks, everyone, for listening and watching. Bye-bye.